0: Hey guys and welcome to EP2 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. We have a very special Commonwealth Games edition for you today. So let's not waste any time. Let's get the show started.
1: Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Ford battling it out down the pool. He's blowing him away now. Four star, more than a metre on Ben and Ertz in hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great battle Butterfly, Susie O'Neill.
0: Ertz is coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats,
1: Ertz in the black hats, and Ertz has won I cannot believe he's done that. Thornton, Thornton, Thornton Hall, Thornton.
0: Joining us today to discuss all things Commonwealth Games Gold Coast 2018 is a man who knows a fair bit about this event. He uh, competed at the 2012 London Olympics and he won gold in the 200 metre individual medley at the 2014 Com Games in Glasgow. Here to help me go through the past five days of action in the pool is Mr. Daniel Tranter. How are you, mate?
1: Mate, I'm doing very well. Got a lot to talk about today.
0: Excellent. Now, listen, I'm sitting here in the studio up in Brisbane. I say studio at Slash Spare Room. Um, Where have we caught you today?
1: Mate, I'm in our hometown of Campbelltown, uh, your old stomping yard back in the day. Uh, Great place. everyone's aware. Robbie was my very first squad coach, so always good to have a chat. I didn't even
0: ask you for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no worries, mate. It's always good to catch up with a fellow (laughs) Campbelltownian. Mate, let's
0: dive straight in. Uh, Because it's been a pretty big meet so far and we have a fair bit to cover so firstly I just want to go back to the opening ceremony of the games. Be honest. How long did you watch for?
1: Honestly mate, I did not watch a single second of it Uh, Didn't get a chance. I was on my way driving up to Nelson Bay at the time Uh, It's been an interesting one heard a bit of mixed review about it Uh, some people saying that it was good some people saying that it was horrible so it's definitely one of those things just out of general curiosity that I'd like to watch back um, just because of such an array of opinion. Uh, but, yeah, as is mine, I can't really give you one, unfortunately.
0: No, don't do it. You don't have to waste your time. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing it. Um, <laughs> mate, what's your thoughts on the facility down there at Southport or the Optus Aquatic Centre, as they're calling it?
1: Yeah, it looks good, doesn't it? I, I've been up to Southport a few times over the years. Um, I was up there... For the packs back in 2014, just when they had the construction going. And um, I guess you always kind of underestimate what it's going to look like when they have the, the big grandstands and the bright lights. And uh, I always think competition pools look a lot better when they're outside, they look a lot bigger. And uh, I think it's really good for the guys. It's, it's something a little bit different. Um, as we were talking about earlier, a lot of our, our big facilities over here, uh, especially the ones that we use for our trials and our bigger meets, they're all indoors. So when we're talking about Chandler Aquatic Center or uh, so pack or, or the pool down in Adelaide, uh, they're all inside So I think it's a good opportunity for our guys to do some outdoor racing. Uh, it's big over in Europe a lot of their pools are outdoors and uh, During my time when I was over in the States, they do a lot of outdoor training and racing as well So uh, I think it's something it's good for the guys something memorable for them. So uh, yeah, they dressed trusted up really good
0: What about in terms of the backstrokers? We've seen a lot of whenever they do the overhead camera shots a lot of the backstrokers smashing into the lane ropes is that something just because people are not used to training outdoors?
1: Yeah, I guess I guess it depends on whereabouts you're from. I mean, if you're looking at uh, the big programs, you know, your St. Peter's Western guys, they all train outside. I know it was an issue for me when I was training over here in Australia just because I got so used to training indoors at SOPAC. Uh, yeah, running into the lane rope happened a lot. You're kind of not used to not having a roof over your head and when you add in different elements like where the sun is and whether it's in your eyes or not um, you know, it can be a bit tricky for the backstroke guys. I don't know if, if that's uh, what's going on up there, but I have seen it a lot before and experienced it myself. So, uh, but I guess that's kind of one of the cons of racing outside. And I think, as I was saying before, the European guys, and a lot of the American guys, are kind of a little bit more used to that yeah. uh, than what we, we are over here. So um, I think that's why you see at these big meets, uh, the outdoor meets, you tend to see the Americans and the, the European guys Uh, don't seem to have as much trouble getting down uh, near their personal best times. They produce a lot of fast racing outside, whereas I feel uh, some of the Australian guys can struggle a bit going from indoor to outdoor competitions.
0: All right, we'll go back to the program now. We had a great start on day one. Among the highlights, I guess, would be the 4 x 100 meter freestyle relay for the girls. They broke the world record. Uh, And Mac Horton and Jack McLaughlin got first and second in the 400 free. What did you make of our start?
1: Yeah, it was a good day one. I think the day one of any big meet, especially when you're looking at a six-day Commonwealth Games or an eight-day Olympics or you know, whatever you're looking down the barrel of, uh, that first day kind of sets the tone, at least for the first half of the meet, uh, especially when you've got the team dynamic that we're lucky enough to have as the Australian swim team is everyone kind of rides that wave together. So uh, being able to have a really positive start to the meet like they had Um, I think you would have carried the guys through the front half of this meet. So yeah, as you said, you know, where do you start on a on a day like day one? You know, you had Blair in the four hundred IM, the boys in the four hundred free, uh the girls come second and third in the two hundred free, obviously the women's world record. I mean, plenty of great results. For me personally, um I was really happy to see Matt Wilson get up in the two hundred breaststroke, come third in that. Yeah. Um, always had a lot of interest in the two hundred breaststroke, kinda had to go at it myself towards the end of my career. And it's it's interesting to see and follow Matt. He was training at SOPAC uh, when I was there. Um, kind of seen him come up through the ranks. And, you know, he's got some big shoes to fill. Yeah, we've had Brenton Rickard and Christian Springer and even Campbell boy Jimmy Piper over the years. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, big shoes to fill there. I think, you know, big international meet for him to be able to get up on the medal dice for the first time. Um, it was an interesting race, too. You know, obviously you got Ross Murdoch, uh who i thought would go a little bit quicker than he did um james will be taking the gold but yeah for me swim of the night and kind of the one that had my interest the most was definitely matt coming third in that 200 breaststroke
0: yeah it was definitely impressive wasn't it he um he
1: he had a strong race
0: um also that day in the morning um a lot was made of englishman ben proud he got dq'd in the 50 meter fly uh, going into the race, he was a clear one second ahead of the rest of the field. And even Ian Thorpe at the time in commentary said he thought it was a bit harsh because he, he didn't gain an advantage of over that movement. What did you think of that mm. one?
1: Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's kind of one of those rules. Uh, a lot of the rules in swimming are kind of black and white, and this is kind of one of the ones with a bit of grey area. Um, depends on the swimmer, depends on the, the referees. And, you know, it's up to their discretion whether or not they uh they did him or not i mean there's been a lot of comparisons between obviously ben proud getting too would uh to, you know thorpe back in 04 or there's been some talk about Kate campbell start at the um at the rio olympics but i mean at the end of the day you know these these referees and the starters they're all they're all trained to be able to make these decisions and uh you know we all know the rules going into a meet that if yeah, they DQ you. Then that's kind of just how it goes. The rules are in place for a reason. Yeah, um, much the same as uh, you know qualifying times and these sorts of things. You know, you know the rules before you get there, and um, that judgment is left in the hands of the referee. So I mean, you can call it harsh, uh, call it fair, call it whatever you like. I mean, everyone's going to have their opinion, but at the end of the day, uh, the DQ is enforced, and it is a shame because um, Ben is really, really good over that fifty, and it was. It's you know, going to be interesting to see what sort of time he could put out there, and it didn't look like he was going to have too much competition. So the gold medal was his. He had it on lock, um, but unfortunately, you know, as, as Thorpey, I'm sure, mentioned, that's how it goes sometimes.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he, he might have a chance to make up for it in the 50 free. I just watched before he went uh, a clear way ahead of most of the others going into the semis. So mm. I think he's got a chance oh, he's got to his make motivation. up for it. Definitely. Uh, Mate, day two was arguably probably our best. Uh, 14 medals won on the night, six of them were gold. What did you think were the highlights that night?
1: Yeah, another one, you know, uh, coming off the back of day one, had a lot of good results on day two. Um, Obviously the trifecta of the the girls in the 100 fly. Um, For me, just because I was a 400 IM, it was good to see Clyde Lewis get up in the 400 IM. 413 uh, is is a fast time. Uh, it's good to see someone kind of coming through in those IM ranks, especially seeing as uh, Tommy Frozen Holmes is out at the moment. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see you know, a little bit more depth in those medley events. Uh, Carl Chalmers, 200 free, 145.5, I thought was actually really, really impressive. It's uh, you know, It could have been easy just to kind of move him into the, the 50 and the 100 freestyle, just purely based on his size. But you know, they've obviously moved him into the 200, um, helping with his back end of his 100, and he's producing some world-class... 200 freestyle times in the field that he's got there, especially with Mac Horton and the likes. Mm. Um, To be able to pull off that 200 freestyle win was actually super impressive. And, you know, moving into other events, Mitch Larkin in the 100 backstrokes, good to see Mitch kind of getting back on track. Um, Had a very interesting last 12, 18 months moving programs. And I guess just trying to to find somewhere where he feels comfortable and somewhere where he can allow his swimming to, to keep progressing at the rate it was before. So good to see him getting back on track. And um, anytime the men can get a win in the 4x1 relay is always a good night. So I think probably the thing that stood out to me the most in that, um, Jack Cartwright was pretty consistent from his heat swim through to his final swim. I think it was only, you know, 0.05 difference or something like that. So um, good to see some young talent coming through, uh, doing some consistent racing at the top level.
0: Yeah, he was definitely one of the standouts in that, uh, in that relay, wasn't he, Jack Cartwright? Very impressive.
1: Yeah, very impressive. And yeah, there's a lot of guys in that team when you're looking at, you know, your Carl Chalmers, James Magnuson, Cameron McAvoy, um, some of the best sprinters in the world. And then yeah, Jack's been able to come through, um, you yeah, know, relatively new to the scene, being able to, to hold his own and, and produce some consistent swimming, which is important for those relay guys. You know, they need to make sure that guys are able to back up from uh, heats into finals. And obviously, they did such a good job breaking the, the record in the heats. You know, it's going to be tough to come in and back up that night off the back of that heat swim. Uh, but I felt like, yeah, the, the highlight of that was definitely, you know, Jack being able to be consistent. And I think um, Kyle Chalmers did a good job backing up from his 200 freestyle earlier in the night. It's not easy to do those, those backups. You know, there might have been a couple of hours between them, but, you know, he's got swim downs and metal presentations and all sorts of things to go and do. So, yeah, yeah just a strong effort by the boys.
0: Mate, day three, I like to call the night of, of the champions. We had Chad Clo winning the 200 fly, Adam Peaty winning the 100 breaststroke, Kate Campbell coming out winning the 50 free. Uh, I say the champions because I think, to me, sometimes when you see these guys step out, they are clearly just a cut above the rest. I mean, everyone else mm. puts in a big effort and, and it, they fight it out and it gets close and it gets exciting. But for me, those three, when they step out, i think there's just uh something a little bit special about them what stood out for you on the night though
1: yeah probably the three that you mentioned i mean as you said you know those guys are, are cut above the rest you know your money's safe when you're putting it on one of those guys so um you yeah, know chad's 154 flat 200 fly you know that's a that's a great swim uh, anytime that chad can produce good swims just because he has such big programs you know he likes to Kind of race in everything that he can. Yeah. Uh, so whenever he's able to get up and, and put in a time like that, I, I think it's a sensational effort. Just because that workload really starts to catch up with you as the week goes on. You see a lot of those guys who do the big programs. Uh, the front half and back half uh, of the meet is okay. That uh, kind of tends to be a bit of a lull in the middle. So around that day three, day four. Um, so yeah, it was a great effort by by Chad and obviously again the Aussie on the on the dies. And David Morgan's good. You know, he's another young guy coming through. Great last um,
0: turn. How good is his third turn?
1: Yeah, he's a he's a really tough swimmer. Um, really technically sound swimmer. He's got some really good uh, short course skills when it comes to turns underwaters, and and just his skills in general are really good. So um, yeah, you know, a couple more years, you know, he's going to be on the team. I feel like we'll be seeing a lot more of him as the years go on. You, know, he's just kind of kind of finding his own at the moment. But uh, yeah, coming second behind Chad's definitely not bad in the 200 butterfly, and then. Adam PD and the 100 breaststroke. It was a little bit slower than what I was expecting from uh, from Adam. I was really hoping he'd be able to crack that 57 0 mark. Uh, but we do forget, you know, he's doing unbelievable things. And that just goes to show how good he is when the expectation on him is to, you know, get in there and do a 5600 yeah. breaststroke, you yeah, know. We so just
0: hold him to a higher standard, I guess.
1: Yeah, and we, we do. And, uh, you know, he's always good to watch. He's technically just a really, really strong, really technically sound breaststroker. So I like watching him race. Uh, it's always exciting. It brings a bit of excitement into the breaststroke races, which is good. Uh, but, I mean, how do you how do you take it away uh, from Kate's 50? Um, unbelievable, uh, especially, you know, she's another one of one of the Aussies that have kind of had an interesting last 12, 18 months, you know, a bit of up and down. But um, to see her swimming fast uh, is pretty awesome. So just to see everyone kind of getting back on track, especially now that we're two years out from Tokyo, starting to see some, some strong international performances from the Aussies, that's been good.
0: Also that night, uh, Australia got the trifecta in the SB8 100-metre
1: breaststroke, which was uh,
0: fantastic. And just wanted to give a quick big shout-out to Tim Hodge, who got the silver, uh, which was his first Commonwealth Games medal. I used to swim, as you did, and later worked with uh, his coach, Clinton Camilleri. So a massive congratulations to both the boys. Uh, We'll have them both on Uh, the show at some stage in the future, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, Mate, I want to go into last night. Uh, We were a little bit disappointed, I thought, in the start of the night with Emily Seabomb and the bronze for the 200 back, Kyle Chalmers getting the bronze in the 100 free, and Cam McAvoy and Jack Cartwright came fourth and sixth. I didn't Mm. think the times were super fast. I mean, am, am I right or are we right to be a little bit disappointed, or do we just expect... Our athletes to win at the moment so our expectations are a bit high
1: yeah you know it's a, it's a difficult one to, to answer obviously being on both sides of it being a former athlete myself being in that environment especially after uh the 2012 olympics obviously we're in the spotlight quite a lot after that meet um yeah it's one of those things where it's tough being a spectator because you get to see the result you get to see the final race um and they don't see all the work that's gone into it they don't see the month's of preparation which means they also don't see the things that go wrong yeah. as much as they see the things that go right so um obviously they expect when a, when a swimmer rocks up in an olympics or a commonwealth games uh in the mind of a spectator you know everything's going to plan everything's going perfect always um but in the sport that we do you know rarely is that the case you know you have a lot of ups and downs things go wrong more often than they go right so um I think it's, you know, almost to be expected that things are going to go wrong on race days. So for me, as a former athlete, former member of the Australian swim team, I guess it's not really that shocking when you see something go wrong just because I understand the ups and downs of preparation. So um, I guess, you know, you're well within your right to be disappointed, I suppose. But, you know, that's part of being Australian. You know, we're, we're expected to win um, as well as the fact that we expect ourselves to win. Uh, no Australian likes losing. So... Uh, but, I mean, that's why we've been successful over the years, you know, with that sort of winner's mentality. So, uh, I suppose, you know, you've got to take the pros with the cons when we're talking about that.
0: And I guess you're right in the fact that I think, I think Kyle Chalmers came out and said he's got a bit of a head cold. So, you never really know what's going on behind the scenes. Is anyone carrying injuries? Are they a bit under the weather?
1: Yeah, exactly right. You know, and that's what I meant by, you know, you see the final result, but no one has any idea, um, you know, what, what's happened in the six, nine, 12 months previous. So, um, and I understand that based on my own career. So, um, you know, as it, as it stands at the moment, yeah, they're doing really well. You know, we've seen some uh, some really uh, sensational swims. The times are good. Rankings are good. Obviously, the gold medal count just keeps going up and up and up. So midway through this Olympic cycle, I think um, the team so far, based off this meets in a good spot.
0: Mate, there's two days to go of swimming. Um, and, and by the time this comes out, we that would have passed. So give us your three things you're most looking forward to in the pool to finish the program and i guess if these sort of come off you look like a bit of a nostradamus so
1: (laughs) okay so i'm going to be a little bit selfish on my three things i'm looking forward to because they uh they they all rotate around my former event which is the 200 medley final um i want to see or i'm looking forward to seeing how the australians go in that Yep. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing who wins that. And more importantly, I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, if someone breaks my games record from 2014 or not. So, um, yeah, really invested in that event. Really looking forward to it. It's a good field. It's a very diverse field. There's a lot of guys from different events, you know, having a crack at the medley. And, um, you know, I've been looking forward to to the 200 IM final since the start of the meet. So that'll be, you know, I'll be glued to the TV watching that one. What's your um, thoughts?
0: Do you, do you think it'll go, the record? Who,
1: Look, I would be surprised if it didn't, just at the rapid rate in which, you know, swimming is advancing. Uh, You guys are going a lot faster now than what they were four years ago. Mm. So um, I would be surprised if it didn't. But I think, you know, if we've learned anything throughout this meet is that you can't really expect anything. You never know what's coming. So uh, obviously Chad LeClo, very strong 200 IM swimmer how his big program going to affect him by the end of the meet. Who knows? Uh, he's a really strong competitor, so you can't rule him out. Yeah. Uh, but then in saying that, you know, Clyde Lewis, 200 IM, he put together a really strong 400, and, uh, you yeah, know, who knows? Maybe he's doing the 400 IM work to get ready for this 200. So uh, hopefully he can get up. It would be good to have another Australian win for, for two years in a row. So, yeah, hope he gets up. hope he gets the win. And, yeah, just looking forward to watching the race.
0: Well, his tail will definitely be up after the 400, so... He'll be giving it his best yeah.
1: shot. Uh, yeah, mate, well, his confidence must be peaking.
0: Yeah. Mate, based off the results we've seen so far, uh, who's impressed you or what has impressed you the most?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. I think uh, just the young guys and, and women uh, in general have been uh, impressing me as the meets going on. You know, what you want to see yeah, as a swimming fan, former swimmer, swimming coach, uh, you want to see those young guys coming through. You know, you want to know that the future's bright for the team um the australian team's been a bit up and down over the last 10 20 years and uh for me just seeing the young guys come through uh you know, it's, it's been exciting it's good to see kind of the direction of of the sport because in the next two years you know it's going to chop and change there's going to be uh some of the older guys who might make it through to tokyo some might retire so mm. i think probably first and foremost uh the young guys doing well putting up fast times putting up consistent times getting on the medal dice yeah. Uh, I think that's been super important. Uh, lots of records being broken is probably another thing that I've been impressed by. Uh, you know, it's always exciting to see even one record get broken. So to see so many consistently getting broken, you know, in the heats or in the finals, all different events, so I think that's been pretty awesome. Makes for some, like, good viewing. Yeah, um, And just the facility setup, I think, has been uh, another thing that's impressed me. I used to love racing outside. I used to love going over to Europe, doing European tours over there, having a big setup outside. Um, It's just a change of environment. You know, you you tend to remember those mates a little bit better. So I think they've done a really good job of of setting up the pool in a way that the swimmers can enjoy it and it makes for good spectating.
0: Um, Has anyone or has anything disappointed you through the week?
1: Not really. Um, just because, as I said, you know, as a former swimmer, I know these things happen. So yeah. something that might be uh, disappointing to your to your normal viewer at home or spectator at the meet, um, I don't really look into that much. I think the guys are doing a great job. I understand that these these longer meets kind of tend to take a bit of a toll on you as it goes. Uh, you can be in the best shape of, of your life, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And you could be sick as a dog and end up with the gold medal. Yeah. So. Um, I think that's the trade-off at a meet like this. I think what makes it fun and what makes it interesting, especially to watch now as a fan rather than an athlete, is you never know what you're going to get. And you've got to understand that, um, you know, disappointments, if you want to call them that, that that comes with it. So not really disappointed by anything, really happy with what I've been seeing at home.
0: Excellent, mate. We changed the timing of our trials uh, to coincide with the game, similar to what the USA do Uh, Going into the Olympics. What do you think of that good move bad move?
1: Uh, Look, I've always been a fan of it I wish I was swimming when they decided to do it because having had the exposure to elite programs over in the US that I've had over the years uh, the thing that I think Was the difference between the Americans being able to perform versus the Australians performing? uh, Was just the amount of racing that the Americans do during training. So during heavy workload, they're constantly racing they're racing inside outside uh you know racing around the corner and racing over the other side of the country so um i think what what that's led to in america is a lot of those guys may not taper all the way down for trials because it's so close to the big meat so they get used to the the concept of being able to produce world-class swimming under workload yep. so these guys are training hard they're working hard they're swimming consistently and they're also uh swimming world-class times and i think that's what made the difference because you take a swimmer who's nearly at the world record under workload, and then you taper them down, and that's why you end up with such a dominant team like the US. So yeah. um, I think the idea is good. I think you know it may take a little bit of time to implement. These sorts of things are, are hard. It's never gonna work out the first time, may not work out the second or third time. Um, but I think in terms of uh, the long-term benefits of doing it, I think it is a good move.
0: Do you think it helped us, this Com Games, or is it something you think, as you just said, we, we need to get better at as we uh, do it more often?
1: Well, I think if you look at the American team and you just see how successful and how dominant they are, um, as the Australian team, we can always be doing more. We can always be trying to get better. So I think uh, as we've seen by the results, some people have kind of uh, reacted to it a little bit better than others. Some people have adapted to the change a little bit better than others. Um, Some are obviously still struggling with it a little bit, but that's to be expected. So... um, Obviously, I guess they're going to sit down at the end of the meet. They're going to have a look at all the results. They're going to kind of gauge how they feel it all went uh, and make an executive decision at the end of that. But from what I've seen, uh, I see a bunch of young guys and a bunch of the older guys doing a good job, posting good results, fast times. So I guess I can't see anything wrong with uh, implementing the new timing.
0: And keeping it going. And I think they're trying to set it up so that we'd go through it too for 2020 as well, and and we're... um gone through it a few times so they're they're more experienced at it so hopefully by that stage everyone's right up on it and ready to go
1: well it, yeah it's good to see that they've chosen to do that i think you know too often something gets implemented too late um, or it's not given enough chance to succeed so i mean if you wanted to change the timing of the trials during 2020 um i mean you're really setting yourself up for disaster so the fact that they're, they're doing it now, they'll have another go at it next year, and then they'll have another go at it in, in 2020, it just uh, gives the, the swimmers a better chance to adapt to it. You know, it gives them more of a fair go, because mm. uh, it does take some adapting when you've been so used to doing it one way.
0: Any other sports caught your eye over the games in the last five, uh, five days?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good opportunity just to sit down every time you flick on the TV. Um, there's always something on, which I think is really cool. Been watching a bunch of the track cycling, um, and the weightlifting is always pretty exciting too. Um, so yeah, it's just been don't a good they go nuts?
0: Don't they go off?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what makes it exciting. Um, it's high intensity. Uh, it's not like swimming. Yeah, you know? swimming the races are longer. You know, even our shortest races, 23 seconds, There's none of this short burst, high intensity stuff. Yeah. So it's been you know, really interesting for me as a, a sport fan in general, just be able to sit back and just watch an array of different sports. Um, yeah, so I've just been. Loving the experience of watching this one instead of competing at the other one. Yeah. Um, Missed the competition a little bit, but yeah, thoroughly enjoying it as a fan this time around.
0: Leads me into my next question. Has the games made you want to get back in the pool again and has it made you miss that competition?
1: Uh, Look, I think you take any athlete, any former athlete, um, and they're going to miss the competition. Uh, We all love pushing ourselves to our limits, finding where those limits are, and then just keep going. So um as an athlete i'm always going to be competitive i'm always going to wish i was in every single race and every single meet um but don't miss the training that goes along with it so uh, for for me yeah look if i could click my fingers and be there on race day i would but uh yeah definitely don't miss the training
0: the work that goes in
1: (laughs) exactly right that's part of it (laughs) mate
0: i think we'll wrap it up there uh thank you very much for joining us today and and just sharing your thoughts there um i look forward to having you on again next time and i definitely want to go through your swimming career next time because i know it's a story that uh, i think people enjoy and i think people will get a lot from Uh, but until then mate thank you very much for coming on off the block swimming podcast
1: Yeah, no worries at all. Thanks for
0: having me. Again, a massive thank you goes out to Daniel Tranter for coming on today's show. I hope you all enjoyed his insight into the Commonwealth Games as much as I did. Next week, we have another cracker lined up for you all with rising star Ryan Roach coming on for a chat. Cannot wait for you to hear his stories. Also, in the coming weeks, Swimming Australia legend Libby Trickett will be on the show which is very exciting news you will not want to miss that episode but for now i just want to thank you all once again for taking the time to listen to off the blocks until next time it's bye for now away they go no problems with the start there is
1: two in the second in it jerry hall jr the extrovert and ian Thorne, battling it out down the pool Bob He's blowing him away now. Four star, more than a meter on and der Nurken Penn. But the signature of all eyes is the great Battle Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely
0: can't do it to him again. Shevish in the white hats, Knopf in the black hats, and Knopf is I cannot believe he's done that. Thornton Cook, Thornton Hall, goes in.